you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Cause there's a million things to be, you know that there are. Hey guys, it's Lucy Biggers and you're listening to the 20-something podcast. I thought I would start out with a little inspiration. Cat Stevens, if you want to sing out, sing out. If you haven't heard that song in full, I highly suggest just stopping the podcast right now and go listen to it. It's it's so good. It's the most affirming song ever. But anyway, on the show today, we've got a great guest. Her name is Sarah Fennell. She is a food blogger and photographer based out of Boston. And her website, bromabakery.com, gets over 300,000 unique hits a month and is only growing. Sarah is so passionate about baking and photography, and it was just really fun to talk to her and get an inside look into the world of blogging. Because as I learned, it's about more than just making a recipe and posting a picture. There's a lot of work that goes into it, and Sarah is so great to share with us part of her, her journey right now. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lucy. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a really special one for me because all the other people I've interviewed, I've known directly, but we were connected through a friend. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Expanding my reach. <laughs> but you have, um, you are a baker, you're a blogger, and you have a really successful blog called Broma Bakery. And when we were talking last week, you said that your blog gets over 300,000 hits per month. Yeah, that's right. That's so amazing. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a feat, you know, you're, you're always trying to grow. And I think this is a, a good stage to keep motivating me to, you know, get higher and higher. So well, I think it's really awesome. I mean, I'm I'm looking at my listens, and if I get 500 listens, I'm like freaking out. So 300,000 is a scale I like can't imagine. But so you went to University of Michigan and NYU. You've always loved baking. Kind of walk me through your path from graduating from college to where you are now, which seems like you're a self-sustaining baker and blogger. So yeah. tell me about that. Sure. Um. So I graduated college and. Um, I had had my blog since pretty much my sophomore year, but I was just doing it more as a hobby. Um, and I held a bunch of jobs in the restaurant industry, um, pretty much from graduating to last September. And I got to the point where um, I was just feeling really unfulfilled. I wasn't liking my job. Um, and I had this blog that I felt like I could fall back on and, you know, I had seen other bloggers that had made it work as a full-time career, and I had no idea what it meant to really do that. But I really just took this leap of faith and was like, let's let's figure out how this works. You know, let's see if we can make it work. And, and it's really, you know, just gone from there. So, so talk about that leap of faith. What did that really consist of? Just starting to monetize it more? or yeah. Yeah. So, um, up until last year, I wasn't monetizing it at all. I mean, it was truly just a hobby and something I did on the side and, um, you know, it was fun for me. Uh, but then monetization is a huge part of blogging. I mean, if you can get those, uh, you know, hits up to the hundreds of thousands, you can make a lot of money on blogs. Um, so uh, I just decided to try to see if I could get there and, you know, it, luckily didn't take me too long to do. That's awesome. So you, when you bake, I mean, if you go through your website, you have a lot of just like beautifully created, 
you know, baked goods of all kinds. Thank you. How much of that is a style that you've just developed on your own and how much of it is inspired by other people? Um, I think that, you know, I have no formal training in food photography at all. So it's definitely a product of seeing these other um, people that do food photography, whether it's blogs or cookbooks or, you know, things on like Tumblr and Pinterest. Um, But at the same time, I think that I've definitely sort of found what style works for me and sort of gone off of that. Like I I really like clean lines. I don't like a lot of um, sort of like props and styling like that. I just like it to be simply the food and then some sort of background. And that's something I think I've grown into, especially in the past year. I feel like it must be hard to stay, and maybe it's not, but just because blogging, I feel like it's such a saturated space to stay sincere. Do you have a hard time like not getting overly drawn into the Pinterest world and going, I need to look like that Pinterest account and just oh, staying absolutely. yourself? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 a huge struggle because you know there's things, and even just down to what kind of recipes you make. There's things that um, taste amazing. Like I I made this. Um, it was a cardamom pistachio coffee cake and it Whoa. is truly, it might be the best thing I've ever put on the blog. Like the flavors are just ridiculous. Um, but you know, it's, it's not as accessible. It's not like somebody's like, Oh my God, a brownie with fudge falling out of it, you know? <laughs> um, so it's, it's definitely a hard balance to strike because you know, if, you know, if you put it in front of somebody that they'd enjoy it, but it's totally different when it's on a screen and you really need to like convey that sort of like mouthwatering, like quality to everything. So yeah, it's, it's, it can be tough. You know, I'm thinking a lot right now about branding and about how our generation, we have so much freedom to find these like really niche, you know, uh, uh, professions, um, but a lot of it actually comes with branding. And so you're sincere, you're a baker, but then you're also having to like put on a public face. And I know you you kind of are in a place now, you 300,000 hits, so you're kind of validated by that. But at the beginning of your blog, how much were you thinking about branding and like, did you post something and go, ooh, was that wrong? Like, would you get nervous after posting stuff ever? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because you're so right. It's, you're not just baking. You, you're a photographer, you're marketing and doing PR, you know, you're writing. It's, there's so many things that go into it that create this sort of brand and persona. Um, and there was, there's so many times when I'd photograph something and, I'd look at the photos or maybe I'd be editing them and I'd just be like, this is not good enough. Um, And you definitely, you definitely have to think about, you know, the sort of caliber of things that you want to put out and, and really the fact that whatever you put out there, like that is what people are going to judge you on. So you, you do sort of have to be critical in that sense and, and really have to work on creating this brand that you believe in and that you look at and you like you're impressed by mm-hmm. because then it's just a matter of well you know hopefully other people <laughs> will see this too I think that's a really good standard though if, if it's something that you would you know be impressed by then it's going to be good enough yeah. for you for your site and when we were talking last week we talked a little bit before this call and you were saying how there's sort of like the baking people and the food porn people what's like the like, totally how is that break that down for me so yeah, there's, there's definitely, I mean, there's tons of different categories of blogs, but I think the thing or the two that I sort of, um, fit into the categories most of are, are doing 
you know, baking in like nice recipes, but then also having this sort of like very visual, um, like sensual food, <laughs> uh, porn aspect. Um, and, and it's, it's just really interesting because at the beginning I found myself, you know, in order to gain followers, sort of following along that food porn aspect a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally, once I started to, to get this sort of bigger following, I was able to scale back from that a little bit, but I think it was definitely necessary to, you know, have that sort of like gripping quality to a lot of my recipes, um, to be able to get noticed. Mm -hmm. What is a normal day for you? Like, what do you spend most of your day doing? Um, sitting at my computer. Uh, so I spend, I spend a lot of my day doing social media and marketing stuff. And I think it's a huge part of blogging that most people don't realize, you know, it's not just you made a recipe and you're done. Um, so I'll get up, um, I'll go to my computer and I'll, what I mentioned before, do commenting on other blogs for at least an hour. Um, so the point of that is really not just to, um, you know, talk to other bloggers that are out there, but really to get them to share your stuff on their social media Mm -hmm. and you do theirs vice versa. So that's a really big piece to sort of growing your, your blog and your following. Um, and then after that I'll do, uh, recipe development. So, you know, looking online, Looking at my blog, seeing what I've done, um, you know, what I haven't done recently, if I haven't done a cake in a while, or if I haven't done something that's frozen, or I need to put more fruit on the blog, and then just going through the internet and seeing, you know, what's in season, what works, what what's trending right now, things like that. And, you know, between those two things, that really takes my entire morning. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, I have to pin things on Pinterest every day. <laughs> so that takes a while too. Um, you know, just going yeah. through and not only pinning your things, but really just pinning any sort of inspirational photography that I see on the internet. Um, so that takes up my morning. And then in the afternoon, I'll really um, just bake and, and photograph. So, um, you know, the baking could take anywhere from hour, an hour to three hours. Um, and then, you know, you have to put all your photos into Lightroom, do your Photoshop, like do all this editing. And, wow. you know, by the time all that's done, it's pretty much like dinner time. <laughs> and then, you know, as somebody who's working from home, um, I'll after dinner go back on and maybe like write a post or maybe Mm. um, do more on Pinterest or, you know, look at um, my stats and sort of figure out what I'm going to do. There's just there's endless things to do. And and how much of that you said in the morning you do stuff and then the afternoon, how much of that is a schedule that you've you found over time is what works best for you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, photographing during the afternoon is just the best for me because of the light. A lot of bloggers, especially I think more savory food bloggers, will tend to do stuff more in the morning. Um, and this is a whole I, world I'm getting in. Like it's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> oh, the savory food bloggers, right? Right, know. of course. <laughs> um, but for me, because you know it takes so much time, and there's pretty much always an oven involved in like these hours that you you know you're creating things. It, I, it doesn't happen until the afternoon and then the light's like high in the sky. So it gets <laughs> best lighting then. And yeah. And, and for work-life balance, because you're doing something that you obviously, it's so attached to who you are. There's no turning off at the end of the day. Do you have a hard time 
disconnecting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I will just be sitting there like in bed. Oh my God, I should do a clifudi tomorrow. You know, <laughs> like it never ends. It never ends. And I think that um, there's, there's times when it can be a little overwhelming, but for the most part, because it's something that I feel so inspired by, it doesn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think back to some of my previous jobs and it's that same feeling where you're sitting in bed thinking about what you have to do the next morning, but it's so stressful. And now I feel like it's sort of just like my brain won't stop, but it's not a problem. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's a good like excitement. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. So we talked a little bit about at the beginning you monetizing your your blog and everything. And so you have your website, you also have an Instagram, which is Broma Bakery as well. So how do you monetize those outlets? Yeah. Um, so they're on social media in general, so Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, you usually as a food blog, you don't monetize directly that way. Um, I mean, you can be set up with a company and they might um, ask you to put a post on Instagram, but mm -hmm. for the most part, you're being paid for the post, not for, you know, putting it onto your social media. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, it, it is. And it's a lot different. Like with fashion bloggers, they're pretty much like social media centric and, and, uh, more for food bloggers. What I've noticed is, um, that's sort of like your social media presence is how you validate yourself to this company that you want to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to like, that's their end goal. Um, they want to see that like other people like your stuff that, um, you know, you can create a quality product. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's really interesting. Um, but then in terms of monetizing on my actual blog, um, there's a couple major ways that, um, that I monetize. One is, um, doing sponsored posts. So it's basically when either you reach out to a company or a company reaches out to you, mm -hmm. um, and together you sort of decide on, okay, we're going to do a series of posts involving these products. Um, you know, we want this time frame, and we'll pay you this much. Um, and so you get paid per post to basically work with their products and showcase them um, throughout your site. And then the second way is advertising. Um, so literally just having ads on your site. Um, and from there, there's two ways to do it. You can either put your own ads on or you can have companies that um, monitor your ads and sort of they're the ones in charge of having the ads on your site and, you know, tracking how well they're doing. And so you basically let them take the reins mm -hmm. on the whole advertising thing and then you just get paid. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's um, so I have that and it works out really well just because with everything else going on, it's like you don't want to have to be doing coding and figuring out like what ads are going to yeah. be best to put on your site and all that. You're already a photographer and a publicist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we don't need, we don't need to add any more things. Uh, so you wear so many hats. Is there any area that you're just like, oh, this is like, I can't wait till I don't have to do this aspect of it anymore. Like maybe as you grow, you could outsource a little bit more or do you like it all? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that almost I mean, I think that almost every blogger would say that social media is really the big drain. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
going on Pinterest and finding all these images and scheduling them takes so much time. Um, and it's, it's sort of like this, you know, you're not, it, it's mindless. Mm -hmm. Um, but like it still takes energy because you're having to scroll through so many things. So I think that I would love to outsource that in the next year and basically just bring on an intern and Pinterest have them. intern. I love that. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and have them handle my social media. Well, it's funny because uh -huh. when you were saying your morning is spent on social media, I was like, you know, mine's spent on social media, but I'm not getting paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's um, really funny. That, and then I think that, um, Interestingly, like sometimes the the writing can get a little bit um, mm -hmm. monotonous just because it, when you're putting something out three times a week, it's like, let's talk about how delicious this is. And, yeah. And it can it can be a little draining. But at the same time, there's there's some posts when I really find something that I want to write about mm -hmm. and I sort of get into it, whether it be like a memory or some tangent on something. And that can almost be more rewarding mm -hmm. because you just you know, just like when you photograph something, you're so happy with it. When you write something down and you're like, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah. It can, it can be, uh, it can be really nice to. Well, it seems it's like, it's like your voice is coming out through the baking, through the writing, through the, you know, photography, you have all right. these mediums to express yourself, which I think is a really unique aspect of our generation that we have all these resources. It's really cool to see oh, absolutely. it all coming together. Uh, you know, you talked a little bit about community and how you well, you said you, you have to post to people's Pinterest and um, kind of get those tags up. Right. What is the blogging community? Did you find it organically? Is it supportive? Is it fake? How does that – or is it both? Oh, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's just such a big community that, you know, you could, you could have, like, your top blogging friends and maybe – you only know like half the people that are their friends just because there's so many people out there. Mm -hmm. um, but it is definitely sort of this network of, I mean, mainly women that um, that really are, are all doing this and doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody's like hustling. And um, it can be very supportive just because, you know, you receive these comments that if you write something that was more personal, um, people have reactions and responses to it. Um, or if you make something that, you know, was a total hit, they'll, they'll validate that. Mm -hmm. But it also can at times feel a little bit fake because it does feel sort of this, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that anybody means it that way, which is why it's it's not like it's a bother at all. Mm -hmm. um, but it absolutely can have that sort of like tit for tat feeling. Yeah, totally. But, you know, it, it comes with the territory, so. And do you um, ever meet any of these people in real life? Have any of these connections led to real friendships at all? Yeah, yeah, they have. Um, I've met a number of, of bloggers, and um, there's one in particular that um, – I visited her uh, once already, and then um, I'm visiting again in August, and it's That's really awesome. just turned into this great friendship where she's sort of like my mentor because she's like incredible at what she does. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really it's cool. So I have some questions that I ask everyone that are kind of like fun little things that we talk about. So one thing is, um, or I guess you've listened to my podcast a little bit. Yes. So there's the metaphor for your life, which I've learned actually it's called an allegory for your life, which is painting the picture 
of like where you are in your life, sort of your perspective of, of where you are. So if you had to sort of describe your life and your, your allegory, what would it be? Oh my God. (laughs) Such a big question. (laughs) I know. Like what, like, like an uh, image that comes to your mind. You're baking a cake. (laughs) I know really though. I mean, um, I feel like I'm sort of like standing on a stool. Okay. And yeah. And like, I have a camera on my neck. But then I have, like, a cake on one hand. But then I have, like, I don't know, like, maybe a Zara bag in the other. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, I I don't know. There's, like, music playing. (laughs) Ooh, good. I like this. What type of music? (laughs) Oh, jeez. Well, um, sometimes it's jazz and sometimes it's top 40. Um, and then the range is sort of like somewhere in between there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I great. think, I, I mean, maybe there's like a bowl of popcorn on the ground. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> that was good. It's very literal. <laughs> yeah, very much so. It's like your Pinterest board of your life. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, then there's like a West Elm couch in the background. <laughs> You're such a blogger. <laughs> um, so what do you think about the term millennial? I think that it's I think it's a really broad term, but at the same time, I think that for millennials, it it totally like clicks for everybody. Like they get it. Mm-hmm. Um I think that it really defines people that are at this intersection of sort of um constant progression and and technology and um like this sort of ever-changing world and also I think there's there's a very universal quality to it Mm -hmm. um you know I think our world is getting smaller and smaller in the sense that we're all just becoming more and more connected and I think that really encompasses a huge part of being a millennial I think that's great I think that's the best answer I've ever gotten Oh, thank you. That's been my allegory. <laughs> no, your allegory was perfect. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. I think connection and technology, the changing of the times, all. And I like this idea that you said that everyone who is one kind of gets it beyond defining it. We just kind of get. Right. Because it, it's right. you're not defined by it, but you get what it's going for. Yeah, absolutely. And so you were very involved with social media. You said Pinterest already, Instagram. What is your, like, favorite form of social media? Do you use one on your own? Do you have a, a Sarah Fennell one that's not Boma I Baker? do. Well, so my my Instagram started out as my personal, you know, like, way back when. Mm-hmm. And then I changed it um, to Bruma Bakery. And then, like, a month ago, I just noticed that, like, you know, throughout this year, like every time I post a picture of myself, like it does fine on Instagram, but people just want to see food. (laughs) I started my, my own personal Instagram just so I could, you know, like do things that weren't food without being like, yeah, that didn't get a lot of likes. (laughs) You need to do both. I think that's important. Right. Yeah. And then it's nice too, because you can sort of feel like you don't have to, uh, like fit into that brand mm-hmm. and you can just sort of do whatever you feel like and, and, you know, whatever's going on in your life. Um, but yeah, I mean, Instagram is my absolute favorite. It's just, it's so interactive and being like such a visual person. I, I just, I love it. 
I love Instagram too. It's so democratizing too. I just think it's so great that everyone has access to it. Well, if they have a smartphone, but yeah, um, absolutely. And what about, um, I don't know, maybe a words of wisdom or, or like your, your sort of philosophy that you would say to other people who are in their twenties. I think that, um, you know, especially talking about this whole idea of branching out and, and following your, your passions. I think it's really important to strike this balance of, um, you know, having talent in an area, um, but also really just, uh, being a very hard worker and, and constantly pushing yourself to be better and better. Um, so, you know, my advice is just if, if there's something you love and there's something you're passionate about, um, really, you know, grab the bull by the horns and, and dive headfirst into it, but do it also with the sense of, um, constantly wanting to be better and, Mm -hmm. and having bigger goals and, you know, just motivating yourself to, to continue on. I think that's great advice, especially at our age when everything is open for the taking. It really is. And it's, it's such a great time to be a part of, um, you know, I think that I I still feel sometimes when I tell, I'd say older people that I'm a blogger, that they sort of do a little like, huh, you know? <laughs> um, and I think, uh, but for young people, it's, it's pretty much like, oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah. you know, they, it's a, it's this recognition that you're really working for yourself and, and creating this, this whole entity by yourself. And, um, it's, it's a great feeling to be able to, to do that. I think it's awesome. And I think a lot of people, you know, listening will probably be really envious that you have stuff that you're so passionate about because on the other side, there's (laughs) apathy, you know, it's like, you know, you're really lucky that you have something that you care so much about that you want to work really hard for it. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel very, very lucky to be able to do it. Thank you, Sarah, so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, Broma Bakery, everyone go check her out for some delicious recipes and some inspiration. Uh, have a good rest of your day. I'm going to go check out your Pinterest and make sure you're you're keeping on top of everything you said you do. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so awesome. much, Lucy. Talk to you later. Bye. And that is our show. Thank you so much to Sarah of Broma Bakery for spending the time to talk with me and being so honest about the ins and outs of food blogging. There is no doubt in my mind that you're going to be so successful. You guys, go check out her website, bromabakery.com. And I'm going to leave you with a little bit more of that great song, If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out by Cat Stevens. And if you want to live high, live high. And if you want to live low, live low Cause there's a million ways to go You know that there are